is the Mulberry Lane Show. The Mulberry Lane Show. Exclusive interviews, fun, music, celebrities. Your weekend getaway. Here's Mulberry Lane, Rachel, Bo, and Ellie Cat. Be a part of the family. Hey, it's the weekend. It's Rachel here with your radio sisters, Bo and Ellie. You know what time it is. It's time for the Mulberry Lane Show. Well, you guys meet us here every weekend to get your weekly creative infusion. Well, February being the shortest month, it's a great time to get your creative on. Uh Now is the time to start that project, and we're here with inspiration for you from some awesome guests this weekend. That's right, Rachel. These guests are chasing down their dreams, and we're going to help you guys do the same. Let's get to those guests. The Mulberry Lane shows on Celebrity stories, songs You're gonna have it going on When we tell you who's stopping by now Well, first up, you guys are gonna hang out with Danny Armstrong of Postmodern Jukebox Now, Postmodern Jukebox has over a billion views on YouTube. Think about that. Now, musicians have collaborated to put these Postmodern Jukebox videos together, and you're going to meet one of those artists today, Danny Armstrong. And wow, you will love her energy, her creativity, and her love of everything vintage. Postmodern Jukebox is coming through the heartland on February 13th. They're going to be at the Holland Center in downtown Omaha. Make sure to check it out. It's going to be a cool, vibey night. That's right. All right, sisters, who else? Well, Burt Ward starred as Robin in the classic TV series Batman. He was a superhero back then. Now he's a superhero for dogs. That's right. From Cape Crusader to Canine Crusader, Burt Ward joins your weekend. He's here to tell you all about Gentle Giant's dog food. And get this, he has over 50 dogs that live with him and his wife. And 10 of these dogs have lived to be over 20 years old. One is 27. And this type of dog food that he's come up with is super healthy for your pup. And he claims that this will make your dog live a longer and healthier life. It's available at all Walmart stores. So stay tuned to find out all about Gentle Giant's dog food. And since we talked to him, I have ordered this food and my dogs love it. Are they living longer? <laughs> it's too soon to tell if they're going <laughs> to live longer. So today you're going to hear Bert's journey and hear about how he followed his passion in life, which is a love of animals. And wow, what a career it's given him. Okay, Rachel, who's up next? Well, then you're going to hang out with Grammy Award-winning vocalist Judith Hill and award-winning filmmaker Livy Zhang. Now, these two have collaborated together to make the new movie, Bali Beats of Paradise. This combines classic funk with traditional Balinese music. You'll hear all about the unique sounds that are incorporated and how this female-fronted creative project came together. Yes, another example of how when you're passionate about something, things just seem to fall into place. Mm-hmm. Before we get to the guests, Ellie, you have a story about things maybe not falling into place. (laughs) Kind of, yes. Well, Dave and I were getting some siding replaced on the back of our house because we did have some water damage. And we're using a siding product that is relatively new for this area of the country. And there was some discrepancy on whether the siding could be blind nailed or not. 
Okay. What's blind nailed? Where you don't see the nail. Oh, okay. So I called the manufacturing company to see what I could find out. I reached this siding expert of this product and he lives in Chicago. Okay. And he told us that we could purchase a product that would help cover the nails after the fact. So it would look blind nailed. Okay. And he told me what website to go to. But with my entertainment background, I misheard the website that he gave me. <laughs> okay. And I, I felt pretty stupid about it, but I repeated it back to him and I said, okay, so it's fashionmaster.com. Okay. Yeah. And he was like, um, no, it's fastenmaster.com. Like, you know, fastening in a nail. <laughs> so, uh, you know, another uh, blonde mulberry moment there. Yes. Well, in a way, it's kind of related to fashion because sometimes, you know, you have hidden buttons. These are going to be hidden nails. <laughs> so right. I, I can see how you would get there. And the siding is the outfit that your house wears. Right. So I, I think it all makes sense. It all works out. All right. Well, guys, stay right where you are. When you come back, you're going to hang out with musician and vocalist Danny Armstrong of the Postmodern Jukebox. Stay right here with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show. Music, celebrities, and everything in between. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Postmodern Jukebox, the brainchild of Scott Bradley, features musical collaborations of musicians playing modern hits in vintage genres like swing and jazz. With over a billion YouTube views, PMJ has featured over 70 musicians and toured six continents. Now they're coming to Omaha's Holland Center with the Welcome to the 20s 2.0 Tour on February 13th. Right now, you're going to meet PMJ member Danny Armstrong and hear all about the group and what they're up to. Welcome, welcome to the show, Danny Armstrong. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. So great to have you with us. Yeah. PMJ. Oh, I'm so excited to be chatting with you guys today. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, PMJ is such a unique group. So first, for someone who isn't familiar with it, explain what the concept is and how it all came together. All righty. Well, the concept is pretty simple, but it's extraordinary. We take modern music that everybody of any kind of age is familiar from the radio or television for the last, let's just say, 10 or 15 years. But, of course, it could be a song released last week. Okay. And we take it back in time. We musically take it back in time, and we play it like it was played in a speakeasy in the 20s or a swing jazz club of the 40s or 50s, the Motown era of the 60s. We've even got a couple disco renditions that have come out recently. So we're pretty much putting a vintage filter on today's music. It's kind of the best way to say it. And it's such a cool concept. And I believe Scott was kind of a vintage music aficionado, right? Absolutely. At the time when PMJ kind of started, Scott was playing piano in just clubs in New York, but he kind of made a little name for himself because people would say, we want to hear, you know, Taylor Swift. And he'd be like, I'll give you Taylor Swift and play it like ragtime to the point where it kind of became a thing. He ended up working at a venue and kind of running it kind of with this vintage filter. And But it never really got quite the where he wanted to go, I think, on his own. So he decided to set up his keyboard in his basement apartment in New York City and invite a couple friends over and try a couple songs, and literally the rest is history. I That's mean, people just found an interest in it instantly. It took off so suddenly, which means, you know, time had met the opportunity, really. Absolutely, and he created something ageless, because it's music that, you know, even elementary, middle school knows, to music that all of us in our 20s, I love that I just said that I'm in my 20s, hashtag lie, <laughs> 20s and 30s, you know, but it's done in a style of jazz swing that our older generations love and appreciate, too, so he created an ageless environment. 
you, we look in our audience and we see people in high school. And, you know, when I was in high school, I was at Alanis Morissette. You know, I was at whatever was contemporary and whatever was put right in front of me. Go right. Alanis. Yes. But we see these same kids now listening and dancing to jazz music and bebop and all these styles that they probably would have never been exposed to otherwise. Right. Okay, so now what I'm curious about is how do you form the arrangements? Does everybody get together and kind of work it out together? How does that part come about? Great question. So, ironically, even though he is no longer in that basement, you know, little studio, we still film videos in his living room. Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, we do not have a label. We are still a self-made. Scott is the daddy of this company and this huge thing that he's created here. Okay. Every once in a while on tour, we might get a studio. Or the All About That Vase video was filmed in France, which is really cool. Uh-huh. But 98% of these videos are still done okay. in the living room with Scott Bradley. Okay. And then <laughs> is his decorating style naturally vintage as well? You know what? I will say if you ever see Scott, he's either in a very vintage, sharp-looking suit or a tracksuit. He's got two styles, and, okay. and both of them I love him for. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so now you got to talk about how the arrangements come together. Pretty much what happens is Scott will reach out to one of, a, one of our singers, or myself, let's just say, and say, hey, Dee, let's do a video. Why don't you come over at Wednesday? Okay. So I'll head over. It's always nice to print out a, a list of songs you already kind of know. Okay. And pretty much you just sit down at the piano with Scott, and he just kind of looks at your list and starts playing along, and and there'll be probably five or six. You go, oh, that's really cool. But then there's always that one okay. where you look at each other and you're like, oh, that's the song. That's the song. And it is absolutely astounding how authentically he recreates these genres and styles of music just on the fly. He doesn't have sheet music. He's not looking up these songs. He's just going, oh, yeah, I've heard Black Hole Sun. How about this? Oh, I've heard Roxanne. I've heard Weezer. And then all of a sudden, it's just this amazing arrangement wow. that you kind of go through, so piano and vocals. From start to finish, how long does this process take? Well, it kind of depends on his schedule. Okay. <laughs> he's a busy guy as of late. He's written a new book that's amazing. And so, you know, that's he's obviously great doing book tours. Too. Oh, my gosh, it has. I didn't make it in the book, so I'm a little peeved at him, <laughs> but I'm only three years old into the group. I figure his sequel is going to have a whole entire chapter called Jack Danny, <laughs> which is what everybody calls me. <laughs> we will advocate for that for you. Yes, we, we will. will. We put in our request. Thank you. Girls, we got to have each other's back. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so as far as how the whole thing comes together, it can be a matter of a days, maybe a week, but usually, okay. you know, you get you meet on Wednesday, and by Friday, you're in the living room. Scott's written out all the charts for every single part, from the horns wow. to keys to whatever guitar to so bass. So it really to is throwback with the charts too. Oh, it really is. I mean, he creates these dynamic lead sheets. He's got, I mean, just the best players I think that I've ever worked with, and I'm no spring chicken in this world or industry. <laughs> now, tell us how you guys met. Well, it's kind of a true little Hollywood discovery story. You know, you hear these stories of like, I was standing at a Starbucks and behind me, you know, River Phoenix was like, hey, or whoever was like, oh, you want to be in my movie? Right. Um, (laughs) But I got up at a nightclub in Beverly Hills and sang one song at my friend's gig and just sang one song out of the hundreds of songs they were probably sang in that four or five hour span. And it just so happened to be the moment that the PMJ manager had walked in the restaurant okay and he was just there for a few minutes to say hi to a client and it happened to be the few minutes i was singing i was singing if i ain't got you by alicia keys okay Mm. and somehow i had no idea but he's contacted the owner of the restaurant who contacted the owner of the music you know who ran the music program who contacted the band leader who contacted my friend who was a bass player (laughs) to get my email address all by 9 a.m with an email saying 
hi, do you want to come sing for Postmodern Jukebox? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. So then, yeah, okay, that so, was coming up on three years ago. And so that was the manager, right? Not Scott? Yeah, exactly. So, okay, so he, the, I think he slyly took some video and sent to Scott. And then Scott emailed me and said, all right, let's get together. And I did. I drove up to his house that was all a big set. We okay. sat down at the piano, sang a couple things. He said, all right, let's get you singing and touring. Well, right now on the Mulberry Lane Show, you're hearing from Danny Armstrong of Postmodern Jukebox. Now, PMJ is a group that reworks contemporary music into vintage genres, and they currently have over 1 billion views on YouTube. So what was your first impression of Scott then? You know, my first impression of Scott, and I mean this with all lovingness, he's such a dude. He's just a bro. He has, you know, done really well for himself now, bringing music to the world, and, you know, he's accomplished a lot. But, again, he's the guy in the track suit that might have a baseball cap on that's like, hey, you want a coffee? Or, hey, he's just so down to earth. He's okay. just a normal dude, you know? Yeah. I would expect someone with kind of his savant genius-like brain and also the success that he's, he's really beginning to garner, especially now with this new book, uh-huh. you know, maybe he gets to be a little bit of a jerk. I tell you what, he's the nicest guy. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's great that's, to hear. And then when did you start touring? And then I did my first video shortly after that, um, which was Roxanne, wear earplugs. I'm screaming my face off. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, I started touring. Was it like instant chemistry between you and the other members? Well, the great thing about PMJ is it's never the same cast twice. Okay. Um, as much as I love everybody, it's always a new show. It's always new singers, always new musicians. It's how we're able to go in a lot of the same areas of the country multiple times a year because it's always a different show. So it's always exciting finding out who's on what tour. Okay. You know, some of the people I'm touring with, I haven't toured with since last February. And I'm so excited. A couple I haven't toured with since the, the fall tour before that. Gotcha. And then some I tour with all the time. So it's, it's definitely an, an, a unique little setup that's going on. Okay. Now, are there ever two tours at once? Absolutely. We have had two tours at once. There are times we've had three tours at once. Gotcha. We've got three tours and corporate gigs going on. You know, he's created such an amazing collective of musicians and artists mm-hmm. that he's able to go to different places in the world and do corporate events or private parties or just keep filming videos. It's the greatest part about having to be such a large troupe of phenomenally talented people is that he can trust people to be in Poland and people to be in Nebraska. That's, right. <laughs> That's awesome. And be in Nebraska, they will be. February 13th, you can catch Postmodern Jukebox at the Holland Center in Omaha. After the break, you're going to hear more from Danny Armstrong of PMJ, so stick with us and check out Danny's amazing voice right now. You got it here on the Mulberry Lane Show. You don't have to put on the red the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, you've been hearing from Danny Armstrong of Postmodern Jukebox, and right now you're going to hear the second half of our chat with Danny. Now, Postmodern Jukebox is the brainchild of Scott Bradley, and the music mixes the classic sounds with mainstream hits. Now back to our chat with Danny. Now, this is the Welcome to the 20s 2.0 tour. What can fans expect from this performance? You know, I think every single person that's in Postmodern Jukebox has a real affinity for vintage culture and music and fashion. 
and the fact that it's about to be the 20s again, I don't think any of us could be more stoked. Right? That is so <laughs> so cool. we have a whole decade. I'm like, Scott, you're going to have to tour me until I'm 110 years old. i got to make it through these 20s. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> so much fun. Yeah, Scott is really working hard to bringing the 20s back. I'm bringing okay. 20s back. I think it's going to be good. So, okay, so is it a week of rehearsal before you go out on the road? It is three days. Three and days. Usually two days, but we've got three days this time, which is, I don't know what to do with three days. Yeah, we've got an amazing creative team. We've got Scott there. We've got everybody there. Those are All really, really on, uh, intense days. You know, they are. But luckily, again, because so many of us have toured together over the years and right. they know each other so well, everybody kind of, their workflow is really in sync. So okay. we're rehearsing from, let's say, 11 till 6. We are working that whole time. But, ooh, when 6 comes... We are at a speakeasy somewhere, sitting in at jazz clubs. I mean, we work all day playing music, and you can guarantee you'll find us at a jam bar or a jazz club somewhere after rehearsal. What a fun gig. What a fun group of people. You know, it really is. I've had a great career, and I've toured a lot, and I've done a lot of amazing work, but I'm really excited to be with PMJ. I just think it's so authentic what he's doing. There is nothing that's not live. Our vocals are live. The instrumentalists are live. There's no live auto-tuning on voices. Our tap dancers, they are clearly alive. That's right. So, you know, I've been a part of amazing, huge productions all over the world, but it always just takes a little bit of your soul when a a lot of it is so overproduced and singers aren't seeing their leads and stuff. So between the the fun of the material, the fun of the hang, and and the the purity of it, and to watch something that is 100% live, there's nothing like it. We truly just take everyone in the audience, transport them back in time, and have a party. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. So now, what's your musical background? My parents actually met playing in a band together. Okay. (laughs) My mom was a drummer-singer. My dad was a piano player. (laughs) Yeah. Literally, she played drums until she was nine months pregnant with me. I think it was two weeks before I was born. She was still sitting behind the drum set. She said she had to sit really far away and reach really hard for her ride cymbals. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you had, like, built-in rhythm hearing a steady drum beat. Well, ironically, I did play drums. I do play drums even to this day. So apparently osmosis kind of snuck in there a little bit. (laughs) You had very early music lessons. (laughs) And then you created your own thing, right? A 90s rock review called Jack Danny 90s. Yeah, people have been calling me Jack Danny for about 15 years now, and the meaning is really simple. My name's Danny, and I drink Jack. (laughs) (laughs) If you look at the Jack Daniels bottle and you take a Sharpie on the ELS, it says Jack Jack Danny. Danny. Like, uh-huh. it, it couldn't be a match made more in heaven. Couldn't be. So that's kind of, you know, my stage name. So, yeah, I have, a, a like, a 90s rock tribute band. And now we've moved on and created an original jazz project called Jack Danny and the New Standards. And we're going to be creating original jazz music, but it's, it's going to be in pop form, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, but in a jazz style. So I'm really excited. And it's going to be mainly for digital release for film and television placement. Ah. It's something I can still do and tour and do live shows right. at PMJ, which is perfect. You've got all the bases covered. Uh, girls, you need to put those eggs in those baskets, honey. We're not getting any younger. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So is Scott totally fine with all of you contractually like you guys get a lot of freedom with what you do. Yeah. Whenever an opportunity comes up for someone, there's an opportunity for me to go tour with Kesha last year. Uh-huh. And of course, when you get this call and I had a PMJ tour scheduled, you get that call and you go, oh my gosh, I have a PMJ tour scheduled for three months. Oh my gosh, I just got offered a tour with Kesha. Uh-huh. It puts you in this horrible position. Yeah. You know, you're just like, oh my God, my heart. When I told Scott about it, he could not have been more thrilled. 
he could not have reiterated more that he wants PMJ to be a stepping stone for people to move on to do their own careers, get bigger gigs, be better, be more. And honestly, in the way that both Scott and the management team of PMJ reacted, I stayed with PMJ. I did not go tour with Kesha. I said, you know, this is the camp I want to be in. This is the camp of people where it's still great music. It's still great seeing large audiences and getting exposure and meeting people all over the world. But more than anything, I'm with a group of people who are kind of my higher-ups that really, truly care about me and where I'm going in my That's career. Amazing. And it gave me the inspiration to start Jack Danny and the New Standards in my Patreon channel. Wow. Well, Danny Armstrong of Postmodern Jukebox is with you right now on the Mulberry Lane Show. You can catch PMJ at the Holland Center this week, February 13th. So now, are the other members, are they all as go-getter as you? I call myself the lazy one, I feel like. (laughs) I mean, I know I'm not lazy. I'm also a few years older than the other, we'll call them affectionately, kids. (laughs) But sometimes I look at them and I'm like, geez, I need a nap. What are you kids doing? (laughs) I would say I've surrounded myself with some amazing people with energy and drive and commitment. And I think those are the kind of people Scott likes to have in postmodern jukebox as well. You all inspire each other, too. And that's such a great creative environment to be a part of because it spurs you on to tackle that next project. Oh, absolutely. And we all do collaborations on each other's Patreon channels, YouTube channels, on each other's albums. I mean, we truly are always lifting each other up and supporting each other as much as possible. You know, it kind of reminds me of what you hear about, you know, the old Motown days where there was a lot of collaborations happening. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and back in Motown days, you know, everybody from one label got on a bus and went on a tour. They weren't even in the same band, you know. Uh So we are all on these buses touring the world in the same band, but at the same time working on all these different different projects together. So it definitely has kind of that kickback to that old Motown kind of right. mentality and operation. I wonder if that was purposeful, you know, when he created that too, to have that kind of retro environment about the music oh, too. 100%. I mean, there are times where we've been in a position where we could have two tour buses. We'd rather have one. We just all want to stay together. <laughs> even if it means we're a little more cramped. <laughs> so that says so, so much, you know. It really does. And then before we let you go, over the years, do you have a favorite, like either something you've done with PMJ Live or a video that's been released? What is your favorite performance and what song? Oh, that's easy. Well, I first off have to get a shout out. I did six or seven tours in Iraq and Afghanistan for the men and women of our armed forces. I did that back in the mid-2000s, and those are the best crowds, the most appreciative crowds, the best, we'll call it entertainment social work I've ever done in my life. Big love and affection to all of our men and women of our armed service. That was a huge honor for me, and it made me grow so much as an artist and learn to be authentic on stage. It really did, because you can't fake anything when you're looking at people going out and putting their lives on the line every single day in the middle of... Baghdad. You can't, know. And as that affected me as an artist, I think it just made me grow up and become more authentic. And uh, the moment that kind of comes to mind is two summers ago, we were on a tour and we were in Michigan, just mm-hmm. outside of Detroit, where I'm from. And we were performing at this massive amphitheater that I saw my very first concert at, and then subsequently growing up saw many more concerts at. Oh. 
And I remember thinking, oh, I just want to be on that stage. Oh, I just want to be on that stage. Yeah. Walking out with Postmodern Jukebox and kind of my signature song, which is See a Chandelier, that I sing very dramatic and operatic oh, in this huge ball song. gown. Yeah. And I looked out as I raised my head to start singing, and I just saw my entire family. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, crap, I'm supposed to sing right now? How is this going to happen? <laughs> I could visualize it so well. Oh, well, you know, I mean, and I've done the Grammys and the Emmys, and the, but, you know, so many of these big things you sing at, and it's just a sea of faces, and you're so appreciative. But to look up, and I mean, the first person I made eye contact with was my mother, oh. who was a music educator. She's huge in my life and been my number one supporter and advocate. I can't even tell you. And to meet her eyes, I was like, well, crap, I haven't even gotten the first verse out, and I'm choked up. <laughs> so how was that performance? <laughs> I will say it was amazing. Okay. And uh, just to toot my own little horn, I got a standing ovation at Meadowbrook Amphitheater in Michigan. Yay! I was dying. I could see how that would be the most memorable performance. And I'm sure yeah. it had that extra spark of emotion, too. Oh, it sure did. I mean, that song itself is gut-wrenching, but just thinking of everything yeah. I'd been through to get to that point in my life, surfacing in the three and a half minutes of that song. Ooh, child, it was crazy. Oh, I, I bet. It. Well, gosh, this was an awesome interview. February 13th is the show, and I think it will really be a memorable night of music. Absolutely. It's going to be a trip back in time, and we can't wait to take it with you. Awesome. All right. Well, Danny, thank you so much for sharing your heart and your musical journey. We appreciate it. Thank you, ladies, so much. And I will hopefully get to see you at the show. Sounds good. All righty. That was Danny Armstrong of Postmodern Jukebox. Catch them at the Holland Center February 13th. When we come back, meet Burt Ward. Now he starred as Robin on the classic TV series Batman. And now he's going to tell you how his life has a new mission. Keep hanging with your radio sisters right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Somebody's hiding, crowding my icebox. Somebody's cold one is giving me chills. Yes, I'll just close my eyes. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Here's Mulberry Lane. From Caped Crusader the Canine Crusader, Burt Ward joins your weekend. You know him as Robin, Batman's sidekick in the classic TV show Batman. He was just on The Ellen Show, and he's here to talk about his passion for well-trained and happy dogs. Welcome, welcome to the show, Burt Ward. Hello, citizen. <laughs> I love it. Hello. Awesome to have you. Well, Bert, the classic Batman TV series is celebrating its 53rd anniversary, and it's still airing reruns. So tell us how you got from playing Robin to now your current role of basically saving dogs. Well, you know, it sounds like it might be a big stretch, but not really. Batman and Robin were saving the citizens of Gotham City. Yes. Well, now yep. I'm saving the lives of dogs. I love it. And you're still basically a superhero, but in a little bit of a different way. Well, I tell people I'm still climbing walls, but for different reasons. <laughs> now, you, for the last 25 years, my wife Tracy and I have rescued more than 15,500 dogs. That's amazing. Every one of those 15,500 would have been put to death oh. if we hadn't taken them out from the shelter not only did we care for them, feed them, provide them shelter, provide complete medical care, you know, including sometimes very expensive surgeries, but we also adopted every one of these dogs 
into a safe, loving home. Wow. And in the course of doing all of that, we discovered a way to help dogs live two and three times their normal lifespan. We have dogs living healthy, active lives up to 27 years. 50 dogs in our house at all times. Oh, okay? my gosh. That's like the <laughs> animal lover's dream. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And anybody wants to see a video of this, come to our website at GeneralGiantsDogZoo.com. Okay. Right at the top of the website, you can see my wife and I in bed with many of those 50 dogs, okay? And these are giant dogs as well as medium-sized dogs and a few small ones. But here's the thing. In the course of saving their lives and getting them to live so much longer, we developed a dog food that is different than every other dog food. It's called Gentle Giants. Go feel your dog's food. And when you rub it in your fingers, you're going to feel a slightly greasy feeling. That is fat. It was sprayed onto the food after the food was made to make your dog hungry to eat more dog food to ultimately make you buy more dog food. Okay? Mm. Now, this grease is very, very harmful to dogs. Think of it this way. Would you take bacon grease and pour it down your garbage disposal at home? Of course not, because you know it would clog it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, animal fat hardens. It's not like water that evaporates. It hardens. It coagulates. And once it hardens, you'd be buying a new garbage disposal. So what I point out to people is this. When you understand that animal fat will ruin a metal garbage disposal, what do you think is happening to the intestines and arteries of the dog you love? When every single kibble, every bite they take is encapsulated in animal fat. That is why our dogs can live into their 20s, still running around like puppies with an amazing quality of life, and other people's dogs or by the time they're eight or nine, can't get up anymore. Yeah. And, and when they can't get up and they're going to the bathroom on themselves, that's when people take them into their vet and have them euthanized, uh-huh. even though the dog is perfectly alert. We have hundreds of thousands of dogs that are eating gentle giants and living five to ten years longer. It's amazing. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Burt Ward, formerly Robin of the Batman and Robin TV series. Now he's a superhero for dogs. And you're getting the scoop right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. So General Giants, if you want to find the dog food, can you find it at your local pet store? No, no, you can't find it at any pet store. Right now, little chain stores called Walmart. We're in 1,800 Walmart okay. and Walmart.com. Uh-huh. They deliver it free to your house. They Great. deliver it free to their store. And we have available on our website, too, GentleGiantsDogFood.com. Because uh-huh. we don't take any money from this, our dog food actually retails for less than half the price of what you would pay in a pet store for a food that won't keep your dog living up wow. for 27 years. Uh-huh. Our motto is half the price and twice the life. Oh, I love it. And one of the pages is special feeding and care program. We teach people what took us 25 years of our lives to learn. Your listeners can learn in less than 25 minutes. That's that amazing. On special feeding and care. So a lot of people who listen to our show, they are following their creative dream, creative passion. So can you share with our listeners what it feels like for you to be basically living your passion? Well, let me tell you this. First of all, I want to make a suggestion to all of your listeners. I want to tell them the three essentials to happiness. Okay. Okay? There are three essentials to happiness. Uh Number one, someone to love. Mm -hmm. Number two, 
something to do. Okay. Number three, something to look forward to. Yes. Those are the three essentials to happiness. Mm -hmm. And if you have those three, you will be happy, Mm -hmm. whether you have a lot of money or don't have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I look back on my life, and when I was first getting started, as much as it seemed tough at the time, I was very happy then. Mm-hmm. And I'm still happy now. Yeah. Because inside you need to be happy. And happiness comes from realizing that this is a tough world. We're all doing the best we can. Yes. So we love people. And we love dogs. And we know that if we can help somebody keep their dog an extra five or ten years longer. Right. Not only is it great for the dog, but what does it do for the parent? Yes. to have another five or ten more years with their dog. Right. Well, actually, so, the dog does fit the role of someone to love. So you got your first thing there if you there uh, you go. If you have your pet. Exactly. And they love you back unconditionally. They Whether do. Whether you had the best day at work or the worst day, it doesn't matter. They just love to be with you. Yes. They love you. And Bert, thank you so much for joining the show today and you know, hearing about your passion for dogs and what you've done to change so many dogs and owners' lives is amazing and i would say thank you for the opportunity to talk and to the batmobile citizens <laughs> thanks bert <laughs> and he's off just like a superhero should be that's bert ward formerly robin of batman and robin and the tv series and now a crusader for canines and be sure to check out GentleGiantsDogFood.com. Stay with us here on the Mulberry Lane Show. When we come back, you're going to hear about a movie featuring a unique type of music. We've got you covered. The Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Judith Hill is a Grammy Award-winning vocalist. She was also featured in an Academy Award-winning and Grammy-winning documentary, 20 Feet from Stardom, about the amazing backup vocalists of some of music's biggest stars. Now, Judith has sung backup for Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder, among others. She is also a songwriter with songs featured in a Spike Lee film. Now, she is now featured in a new documentary, Bali Beats of Paradise, where she joined forces with Naomin Wenlin, an Indonesian composer who specializes in a style known as gamelan, and acclaimed filmmaker Livy Zhang to make this project come to life. Now, Judith and Livy are both here to give you a close-up look at Bali Beats of Paradise. Welcome, welcome to the show, Judith and Livy. <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh. So now there is a lot to cover here in a little amount of time. So Judith, let's start with you. First of all, how did you come to collaborate with Livy? Well, I was introduced to Livy through a mutual friend because I was looking for unique collaborations of world music, particularly Gamelin, for a stage play, Golden Child, which is about bringing cultures together. And I got to meet Livy, and she invited me to be part of the documentary okay. because of my interest in Gamelin. Okay. So now, Livy, how did this project come about? Where did this come from? How long has this been in the works? So last year, the Indonesian consulate approached me to cover a concert, Balimis Gaman concert in downtown Los Angeles. You know, I love filming. I love shooting. So seeing the audience reaction was like, oh, wow, you know, like we should do something more. Okay. So we edited and launched it on YouTube and we got quite a lot of press and also like a lot of views and... At that moment, I decided we need to make a feature film. So 
Bali Beats of Paradise is about Indonesian traditional music, which has been used in the film Avatar by James Cameron, also in the TV show Star Trek and Nintendo games Mario Brothers. And I want to uncover the story that it is Gamelan from Indonesia that's been featured on those blockbuster films. So basically, what we're seeing in our pop culture really has a rich musical history, and you kind of wanted to bring that to the forefront. Yes. Okay, so Livy, describe gamelan. You cannot just play one gamelan. It comes in pairs, and when you play it, it's like a big group playing it, and when gamelan is being made, it's made in a set, so you can, like, mix and match that. Okay. You know, for example, you own a set, I own a set. We cannot use, like, half your set, half my set, you know? Okay, so it has to be collaborated together in real time. Yes. And then it's brass percussive instruments, right? Yes. So now, as creative women collaborating together, how important was your personal relationship with each other and as creatives in bringing this project to life? Livy? So, Judith and I get along really well. You know, we started with one project, which is her project, Golden Child, and now we have three projects together. We have, like, okay. a feature documentary film that's coming to theaters in L.A. and New York. Also, looking forward for her musical show, you know. Okay. We're friends, you know, we just had a cheesecake in New York last night. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Our kind of girls. <laughs> yeah. To, like, get that cheesecake and, uh, you know, like, it was really, really enjoy each other's company, and I think we'll keep working together for a while, you know. So, mm-hmm. Judith, you're stuck with me. <laughs> okay, Judith, from your perspective, working with another creative woman, describe your working relationship. You know, I think it's awesome. You know, it's been so much fun working with Libby. And it's fun to work with another creative female. She's, you know, doing so much incredible work. And I think that's really inspiring for all women to see, um, you know, us just really collaborate together and form really powerful arts and projects. And so this is a great example of that. And, you know, I think it makes it really fun when you have fun with the people you work with. And you go out for cheesecake. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and have you had creative differences? And if you have, Judith, how do you resolve them? Oh, we just talk it out. We both have our own ideas of what we need and so we we always come to an understanding and that's what's so cool about this project it's so collaborative it's like really bridging two universes together and so you know i have to make some compromises she makes some compromises and then we find this middle ground and then it becomes like this beautiful thing that's awesome well right now on the mulberry lane show you're getting to know grammy award-winning vocalist judith hill and award-winning filmmaker livy zhang now these two decided to collaborate blending classic funk with traditional Balinese music known as Gamelan and their partnership is the focus of the new movie Bali Beats of Paradise. Now Judith you've had some amazing things happen in your career but also some setbacks. Now you were chosen to sing the duet with Michael Jackson on his world tour and you practiced with him for a long time preparing for that and then you know his untimely death happened and the tour never happened and then on The Voice you were a big front runner and you were eliminated in what was considered one of the biggest upsets ever on the show. So how do you process, you know, events like that and turn them around? Well, I mean, I think that those are two very different situations. The voice was fun experience. It's lighthearted in the sense of it was fun and I made a lot of friends and it was great exposure. I got as far as, as I got and that was that was fun. But, you know, with Michael, that was tragic and that's, that's hard to go through. Yeah. If anybody has lost anyone, you understand it's part of life and you grow as a human being and you get closer to God and you really, you know, you appreciate every moment you have on this planet because it's special, you know, and uh-huh. you're, I'm grateful for Michael and all that he's given us, you know. 
And did you ever get any advice from Michael Jackson? And if not, what was your biggest takeaway from being in his presence and getting to know him? I would just say he was just a beautiful soul. He was so lovely to me and just gracious and just a wonderful person to work for and and gave so much of himself to rehearsal. He would just instill us with so much inspiration just through his performance and his direction. Wow. Okay, and before we let you go, Libby, what do you hope people take away from the film? So I hope that this film create awareness about Gaman that's been used in like Avatar, Star Trek, and our Facebook page is facebook.com slash Bolivia's of Paradise. Okay. And then, Judith, what do you hope people take away from the film and where can people follow you? I just think that this film is special because it shows two different cultures learning about each other and coming together. And I think it's a very powerful message for the world now because we got to know what's out there and we got to open our ideas and our worldview. And so I think I want people to take that away. I want them to be inspired by this beautiful culture and have a desire to learn more about that culture and then furthermore learn more about the world. I think it's a beautiful thing. Yes, opening hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. And Judith, where can people learn more about you? You can go on my website, Juice Hill Music, or JuiceHill.com as well. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Juice Hill. I just released my album, Golden Child. Be sure to check that out. Awesome. And all the updates for touring and everything is up on all of my socials. Okay. And Judith, we love your voice. Thank you. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Well, guys, we want to thank you so much for joining the show. Wonderful to see women collaborating together so creatively and so beautifully. Thank you. And go go have more cheesecake. (laughs) (laughs) Take care. The film was Bali Beats of Paradise. Thanks, guys. Well, that was Libby Zhang and Judith Hill. Guys, thanks for joining the show, bringing your creative girl power to the show today. Love the project and keep collaborating. And be sure you check out the new movie, Bali Beats of Paradise. All right, sisters, who else do we need to thank? Okay, well, big superhero cape hug to Burt Ward. He used to play Robin on the old Batman show. Now he is the founder of a pretty cool and very healthy dog food company, Gentle Giants Dog Food. Bert, thanks for hanging out today. And be sure to check out GentleGiantsDogFood.com for all sorts of training tips and tips on how to feed your dog healthy food. Okay, sisters, final thank you goes to Danny Armstrong of Postmodern Jukebox. Danny, you were a blast to hang out with today. Thanks for sharing your love of singing, your love of all things vintage, and the incredible story of how Postmodern Jukebox has garnered over a billion YouTube views. And you guys, don't forget to catch Postmodern Jukebox in concert, the Holland Center, February 13th. It's going to be such a cool vintage vibe. You don't want to miss it. Okay, sisters, well, that wraps up another episode of the Mulberry Lane Show. Make sure you join us, same time, same place, next weekend. Bo. Stay happy and stay blessed. Allie. Don't forget to be awesome. Rachel. That's a wrap. Woo!